you know, life is funny. That was a time when I was really clueless, even though I'm a man. I was clueless to the fact that um, men needed men. It wasn't until, like, I don't know the age, but I was very, like, mature in my age when I realized men need men. Well, I got some thoughts that I want to share with you and a few other things. What's up, family? Good to be back in the house, in the place, on the air, doing my thug nizzle. <laughs> you know, I I I actually don't know. I wonder when I I wonder when I f- like first started, uh, like saying that thug nizzle. I know I know I was a kid. No, I, I may not have been a kid actually. Um, I, I may have been full grown. I don't know. Anyway, uh, harmless saying, at least for me. Um, so yeah, so I, I mean, I was thinking, um, it wasn't until I was older, at least I'm sure past the age of 40. It wasn't until I was past the age of 40 that I realized the importance of men in the lives of men. And I say that because, I mean, I, you know, I didn't realize it till late, even though I'm a man, it's because, you know, my focus was on something else. And my focus was twisted, right? I, I, my fo- I was not focused on the right thing, right? But, but nobody told me that I was, I was focused on the wrong thing. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, for the majority of my life, I've gone, I've gone the wrong way until I really either found out it was the wrong way and turned around, or knew it was the right way and and got tired of hurting myself and said, you know what, let me go and do what God says, you know. Um, but I, I just, I just never, I never, I never knew the significance. Now, here's the thing: I, I've always, for as long as I can remember, I've wanted quality male friendship. But I, I I didn't I did not understand the 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 importance of it, right? And so in my older age, I understand. Let me tell you how I, how I found out. Well, yeah, let me tell you how I really found out. And I think I shared this uh, not long ago. But uh, so I went I went out to eat with uh, two of my friends who are female. Now. A little backstory. So all of my life, pretty much I've had female friends, at least as an adult. Now, when I was a kid, when I was younger, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, I had male friends. But once I graduated high school and I went to college at uh, Sam Houston State, uh, it was at that point where I decided, I made a conscious decision that I was going to focus on and care more about what women think than men think. And I was thinking about that earlier today, and I was like, you know, the reason that I gravitated towards women more than men wasn't just because I was heterosexual. I don't believe that's it. I believe it's absolutely connected to or more connected to the fact that um, I felt accepted in some form by my mother. Or let me say it this way, whether I felt accepted or not from my, by my mother, I don't know. You know, I, I can't say but I didn't feel rejected by my mother. Whereas I, I, I think I felt rejected by my father. But now that's not to say that he rejected me because in hindsight, I know that he didn't, but the child at the time felt rejection, right? We didn't have a, we did not have an emotional relationship. And so I believe that then made me just subconsciously suspicious of men. And I was heterosexual, right? So I'm, a, so I, I'm attracted to women. And I, I remember deciding, um, if 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 I have to decide, I'd rather I care more about what women think about me than men. And so, you know, at first I was just the perfect friend, you know, the best friend. And then, you know, I, I started to use that to my advantage. And you know, so anyway, long story short, the, the majority of my adult life, I've had female friends. 
So I go to eat with uh, two of my female friends. And, you know, we, we, we're chilling. It's just us three. We went to, uh, where did we go? I think we went to Lupe Tartilla. So, you know, we're sitting there, and there's a few, you know, we talk about a few things, like, you know, the three of us. But when, when, when they start to lead the conversation, I'm sitting there, and in my, in my head, I'm like, uh, I, I don't think I, don't I want to be in this conversation. I, I think this is a female conversation. And that happened several times. And it's, you know, as crazy as it may sound to you, it was at that moment where I realized for sure I, I need some I need some fellas in my life because what I don't want is to be hanging around women all the time talking about women stuff. That uh, I did that back in the day because I was trying to get something, and it wasn't just sex. I was trying to get connection, trying to get you know liked. You know, the biggest people pleaser, and I'm one of the I'm one of the top graduates out of People Please Academy, right? And so. Um, <clears throat> I was doing stuff back then, but now I, I you know, <laughs> I got a wife. I'm not interested in doing all of that stuff. And so, um, and when I say that, so like putting up a front, like, you know, I like this conversation. No, I'm a man for real. And, 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 and I need fellas to hang out with, you know, that's me. So, you know, people say, and I may have talked about this before, but people will say, you know, I don't have any regrets because um, how my life has gone, everything has happened for a reason. And, you know, the way my life, well, hold on. You know, by the way, when people say everything happens for a reason, uh, sometimes I don't like agreeing because although I believe that, or at least I think that's true, uh, I don't know what you mean when you say it, because see, a lot of people, when they say that, they're really talking about God doing something for a reason. And it's a whole, <laughs> there's a whole lot of things on this planet. The majority, I believe, that happens that God has nothing to do with. It's just on automatic. God set most of the universe on automatic with laws and principles. And so a lot of times you just fall victim to whatever law or principle or whatever. It's not that, you know, that happened for a reason. It did, but maybe not the divine reason that you're thinking. Anyway, say thing, you know, everything happens for a reason. And uh, with that, you know, they say, you know, uh, everything happened for a reason. So if I change uh, anything in my past, then it's going to change who I am today. I'm like, I hear you, but I, I have regrets. Now, here's the thing. I don't live in, re, in regret neighborhood. Okay. As a matter of fact, uh, I have this new plan where I don't even visit there. Now, I've only been on that plan a week, but, but, but I've been successful at it. I don't visit regret, regret neighborhood. Right. But, but, but I have regrets. Things that I wish would not have happened. Now, true, you may be right. If I change those things, I may change, you know, some things. But, but, but the reality is we're fantasizing anyway because we can't change anything. And so in my fantasy, if I was to change some things, my life would look different for the, for the positive, right? But I don't know that for true. And thinking about that can only – so thinking about the regrets that you can't change – is the highway to the sunken place. And so, since I'm not interested in going to the sunken place, I don't think about regrets. But I'm sharing this with you um, in this particular episode because some other things I want to highlight. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, some of my regrets, uh, at least in this, in this area specifically, the thing that I regret, I regret... Um, Chasing love. Yeah, I, I regret spending the majority of my adult life looking for love. And here's the thing. The reason I was looking for it is because, number one, I didn't know I had it already. I didn't know that it was living inside of me. I didn't know that it came from God. 
All right. I thought it was in a woman. I thought it was in a relationship. And I spent the majority of my life looking for that. Yeah. And because that was my primary focus, I didn't learn about money. All right. I stopped blaming my parents for not teaching me about money because like I've been out of their hands in a long time. I've been out of their hands for a long time. But 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 because my focus was strictly love and not life at all. I I didn't learn about money. I, I didn't. And, you know, there's a little bit of religious um, foolishness in there, too, that 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 contributes to the whole money thing. You know, I, I grew up Pentecostal. And so, you know, we, we <laughs> you know, as I look back on that thing, man, uh, I think I think they promoted poverty because that was our reality. Yeah, I think I think that's you know they 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 promoted poverty because that was their reality. But what's interesting is while they're promoting poverty, the pastor's getting paid. Now, not my pastor because um, the folk was broke, and so yeah, we gave tithes and offering. But I mean, the, the folk is broke, so like I remember one. <laughs> I remember it was one um, had to be pastor appreciation. One pastor's appreciation. Now, granted, I'm a child, so, you know, I'm a teenager, I think. But I remember being there. I think I was a teenager. I don't know. Anyway, I remember being there, uh, pastor's appreciation. And, you know, we didn't have a big church. Church was rarely full. It was literally my whole childhood was pretty much the same. I would say 50 people maximum membership. You know, and it would, now, you know, we come and go and, you know, we have Fellowship Sunday and different things like that. You know, shout out to all of those that grew up PAW doing Fellowship Sunday on first Sunday, being in church all day long. See, the Baptist folk be talking about how they was in church, you know, all day long. But 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 if you grew up Pentecostal, let me tell you. So Pentecostal, we got we got um, Sunday school. Now, we, I, won't, I don't know what time you guys started in the Baptist church. I'm talking about back in the day, right? We had Sunday school at 10 o'clock, sometimes 930. And then church started at 11. Mm-hmm. When church started at 11, we didn't get out to 130 or 2. Yeah. So that's like three hours. What is that? Three, three hours. And that's if the Holy Spirit didn't move. I'm sorry. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is new. Like, that's that's something new. We, we felt... we. We fell out in the Holy Ghost. I wish I had one witness. I had one folk. I wish I had one, just one folk that knew who the Holy Ghost was. I don't know who this Holy Spirit is. Anyway, uh, so we get out about 2 o'clock. But then if it's first Sunday, it's fellowship Sunday. So you got a little break. You go get you something to eat. And then you go to whatever church fellowship is at that Sunday. If it's at Christ Temple, you got a little ways to go. And so you get you something to eat. And then uh, fellowship usually starts about... Uh, I want to say four, maybe I forgot. I think fellowship started around four and then that's another two, two and a half hours. Uh-huh. We, well, we usually get about five thirty-six, and then go back to your church for night service, which started at seven. We got out of there about nine 30. So, that's over 12 hours in church. That's just on Sunday. And then on uh, Wednesday, we had Bible study. Uh, that was about two hours. And then on Thursday, I believe we had choir rehearsal. And then Friday, we had young people service. And I was almost, I was always at young people service. Young people service started about, uh, that started seven to eight, because it started a little late. And then sometimes our young people, when we got older in middle school and high school, we would go visit other churches on Friday night and, and join their youth service. Why? Can somebody tell me why? <laughs> why I went all the way down memory lane? Can somebody? I wish this was live so y'all can tell me what I was just talking about. Why did I go all the way down memory lane talking about? Um, oh, I know. Because I was saying uh, the church I grew up in, the religious foolishness that I was raised in, Help me not learn about money. So it's not all, you know, me not learning about it. And I think some of that's still in there too. 
but here's another regret. Now, this is a big regret. Not trusting God. Should I say not fully trusting God? Here's what I mean. I've been a believer for as long as I can remember. I don't remember not being a believer, right? But just being a Christian doesn't mean you're living as a Christian. I wish I... Yeah, I, see, see, I haven't always lived my confession. Now, I don't say that proudly. I don't say, I don't say that with my chest stuck out, trust me. Uh, I say that shamedly because... If there's anyone who doesn't have an excuse to to trust God or to who don't have an excuse to live right, it's me. I, I have no excuse because I love God. I want to please him. I want to be used by him. But the majority of my life, I was a carnal Christian, right, just flat out. And, and you know, if I was telling young men today, that'd be one thing I'd tell them, hey, don't be a carnal Christian. You're going you're gonna to mess up your life. Trust me, don't don't do that. You don't want to live your life strictly on grace and mercy. You know what I'm saying? Like that, you don't want to do that. Um, so, but you know, one of my biggest regrets is not developing those quality male friendships when I was younger, right? Because my focus was elsewhere. I I I, I regret that because it wasn't until I was older that I realized that men need men. And I really can't believe, I should say it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe how ignorant I was about this. Now, don't get it twisted. I've tried for many times and for many years to develop friendships with men, right? I haven't just been sitting back in my cubbyhole saying, you know, oh, I don't have any friends and nobody won't come play with me. No, I've put myself out there. Like I've, you know, um, short of, you know, seeming like I'm trying to date the man, right? I'm trying to be weird, but, but yeah, I mean, I like, I've, I've, I've met brothers, tried to hang out. Like I just went to Atlanta uh, last October, went to Thrive, right? Darius Daniels Church. And um, when I was out there, I met this guy and his wife and they were, they were, um, they was asking me about my Osmo. I had an Osmo pocket. And they was asking me about it, and we were talking about it. And then also, at the time, I didn't know where my wife was, so it was a little, a little moment of frantic, and they was praying for my wife or whatever. And so um, when, we were, when I was leaving, I ran into them again, and we exchanged numbers. They was like, hey, we'd like to keep in touch. Okay, cool. And so, you know, he texted me, said, hey, you know, I appreciate the information about the Osmo. There's a new one coming out, Osmo 3. I'm going to get it. I'm like, okay, cool. And so I texted him a couple of times, and then uh, we text, he texts back and forth. And then... I text him something about asking about his Osmo because mine was on delay or something. And he never replied. I don't know if that happened once or twice. I know it didn't happen three times. And then I just kind of left it alone. I said, okay, well, you know, that's that. But but things like that has happened repeatedly since, man, shoots. Since I was in my 30s, I remember, right? So So it's not that I, you know, hadn't tried to develop friendships. And I'm not going to say that it's all been them because there's probably been people who've tried to develop friendships with me. But I was like, eh, I'm good, bro. Right. You're, you're a little too saved. Like you and Jesus a little too. Like I'm saved. I love God. Like I'm not going to be acting a fool. I'm not trying to I'm, I'm not trying to live a carnal life anymore at all, period. Uh, but 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 like I don't speak over tongue. I don't speak in tongues over my food. And I don't you know, um, I don't when I get in a car. I don't pray before I pull out. Now I should. I ain't gonna lie. So you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not anyone that you know prays when you get in the car every time. Because I remember I, I used to know this girl who every time you get in the car, literally you had to pray. Like you pray over your food, you would pray. Like we could have just prayed. We go in the store, come back out of the store. You gotta pray again. And um, so I don't do that, right? And and if that's you, great. I'm not. I listen. I'm not saying anything about you. I'm just saying I don't do that. And I don't believe that makes me any less, you know, committed to God. But, but, man, I'm just telling you, I, as committed to Christ as I am, I just don't jail with the um, super religious saved uh, condemnation Pharisee kind of people. I just... 
I can't, I can't, you know, like I have this necklace on and a little bracelet. Uh, folk I grew up with, the, the, if it, and that's what I'm talking about, those kind of super spiritual, they'd be like, you know, that's ungodly, that's worldly. You dressing like the world. If you don't get off my phone, you know, I, I do not believe God is offended by my. So anyway, <laughs> I, I, I regret not having male friends. And I tried to, I tried to meet men, right? So, but here's what I want. I want to tell you guys about this though, right? Because so, so last year, me and my wife, because we, we've been looking for a church ever since the pandemic, right? Um, we left Hope City and we just hadn't found anywhere to plant ourselves. And so um, we got told about this church, uh, Houston's First in Siena. Said that the pastor was black. Um, well, the campus pastor was black and he preaches um, on Sunday mornings, the first service at 830. Okay, cool. So we're going to go. So me and my wife went and, um, you know, it was cool. So we liked it. We, we definitely like, you know, pastor. And we, we, I already said the name of the church. Oh, my bad. Well, call it a plug, you know, just. I didn't call his name, but I'm going to guess you can put two and two together if you want to. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about the brother, right? <laughs> but anyway, we like this preaching, and so we end up joining, right? Uh, now, me and my wife are in different places spiritually, okay? We don't need the same things. Truth be told, uh, I don't need, keyword need, I don't need, uh, like, deep, deep, preaching uh every sunday it, does that make sense like i don't i don't need what my wife needs right now i don't want to be i don't want to be deficient but i can feed myself okay or i can feed off what the pastor is getting and then put some more on my plate after they're done like i i i, I can and so my thing is you know make sure that my wife can fit in and be blessed or whatever so anyway we like the church and the pastor, like, I just took a liking to him. And, um, you know, I was like, man, you know, I'd be cool. Be cool. We can be friends. Right. Uh, and, you know, just like it sounded right there when I said that, like a little boy looking for a friend. That, that's exactly how I felt. But guess what? Here's what I learned. This is my life. You are welcome to run yours however you want. Now, why am I saying that? Because I literally just learned that recently when I, okay, let me, let me not say learned it. Uh, I just embraced, that's a good word. I just embraced that. And, and, you know, like, for example, my wife and, you know, if anybody else who know me closely, they might say, Hey, you overshare. Guess what? You know how long I've been doing that? I believe that's a part of Clifton. Now I'm not going to share stuff to hurt people. Or, or, you know, share anybody's business. And, you know, I'm not doing that. But but if I want to talk about my story, you know, because I'm in my head, I'm like, man, I'm a coach. But I'm talking about my weaknesses. So, you know, uh, they want to hear from people that are perfect. But I'm, and then I'm like, well, they're not going to hear from anybody on this planet because they are no perfect people. I'm a regular human. And every coach that you follow from Tony Robbins down from Tony around the corner, they got issues because they are regular human beings. That's all we got on this planet. So I'm doing life the way God designed me to do it. I'm silly. I'm corny, according to my wife. I'm a square and I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like as long as God is okay with whatever I'm doing, I'm good. And long as I don't, you know, tick my wife off too much. Right. If, if it, I, 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 and if you see me, watch this. If you see me going the wrong way, if you see me going the way that God, that you believe that God is like, mm, no, I don't think you should be doing that. Pray for me. Because here's the thing about me. I never want to be the cause of causing someone to stumble. But at the same time, I'm no longer riding in the people pleasing vehicle just because somebody may stumble because you are responsible for your walk, right? Like uh, I, I, I'll, I will help you out as much as I can, but I'm going to be me. And if me, if me being me offends you, talk to God. I, I'm, and I'm not being funny. That's just, I'm just saying, right? So, uh, you know, uh, click with pastor. And we, we talked a few times. 
Um, and then, you know, things have, you know, things work out. Me and my wife, you know, actually, you know, stopped filling the church and a new church came up and we decided to join that one. Right. And I'm not the church hopping type. Right. But that ain't the point of this message anyway. So let me just keep moving on. So anyway, we joined a new church. And so I, you know, I want to call the pastor and let him know, hey, we found a new spot we're going to plant and we're going to go over there. And I said, but let me just tell you this. Right. Because I told you I'm living. I'm, I'm, I'm not living my life like it's golden. I'm living my life like it's Clifton's. And so I told him, I said, you know, um, we leaving, but I ain't going to lie to you. I, I had some ulterior motives. I was hoping we could be friends, right? I just flat out said it. And he was like, me too, you know, or something to that effect, right? Give you verbatim. But then he invited me out to um, a breakfast that him and some fellas have every um, uh, every month, right? They have every, every month they have a, a fellowship for breakfast. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I went and um, so it was the pastor friend that I know and then two other guys. Man, let me tell you, it was, um, honestly, I don't know how to describe it, right? I, I, I don't, and not because, not because it was so close to ecstasy, right? I mean, it, it was it, not because it's like, oh my God, I'm not, 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 not because of that, but because I just can't find the words other than it felt like, it felt like I belonged. And actually, that might that might be the feeling. I, I, that, that might be the feeling like like I belong. Right. I, I felt um, it just felt good to be around fellas. Like minded men. Right. Love God, but I ain't trying to be super holy, just regular holy. I'm good with holy. Listen, I'm not anti holy, but be regular like like folk was drawn to Jesus because he was regular. Jesus was regular holy. The sinners liked being around him. Not because he condoned their sin, but because he wasn't pointing that out. He just lived a certain way. Anyway, that's a different story. But, but man, yeah, this fellowship, it was great. And uh, I can't wait till next month. You know, it, it, was, it, was, it was very, man, it was just good. for. It was like, it was like food for the soul for me. You know, I, did, I didn't know how much I needed it. You know, I didn't know how much I needed it. And, and, and here's why I say that because although men and women are both created in the image of God, we are definitely different, right? We, we, we different. Are there things about men that women simply just don't understand? Now, wait, I, you know, I'm, I am more than sure that it's, it's true the other way around, right? I'm sure that's true. But if I'm honest, I do believe that men would be able to come to an understanding of what it's like to be a woman more than they'd be able to come to an understanding of what it is to be a man. But regardless if that's true or not, the point is, because I know it's a lot to be, you know, we men don't understand how what it means to be a woman, but I'm talking about men now. And uh, being a man in this particular society, when the society's definition of manhood is so jacked up, and then the women buy into the jacked up belief system of the culture and society, so then we men got to try to fit into this jacked up mold that society and the culture has created. That's crazy. Now watch this. Add to that. So, so I'm a man. Add to that. I'm an American man as opposed to Middle Eastern man. Why I say Middle Eastern man? Because um, the men that you read about in the Bible, they come from the East. Right? The East, Middle East. Right? They, they, they're not from the West. We're in the West. Women, especially Christians, want a man of God. And they get their they get their framework, so they think, from the Bible. But then they add stuff from the culture 
to what the Bible says. And that's the man I want. Two problems. Number one, us men aren't from the East. And number two, the culture's definition of a man is jacked up. Add to that, not only am I American, but I'm a black American man. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother layer. Matter of fact, that's that's several other layers I just piled on. And then we got to try to please women. Watch, not just please women. We have to try to please their ideas. Where y'all think they got these ideas from? They got these ideas from Hollywood, Disneyland. Y'all not working with me? Disney, right? Uh, Real housewives of everything, basketball wives. Listen, these women, good women, have no clue what it means to have a real man. And that's the problem. The problem is the definition of manhood in the culture is too subjective. Like everybody can make it up how they want. Now you can say, see, I'm all for saying I like this kind of man. But you can't say this kind of man is what a man is if you are not God. And the problem is uh, the culture and, and, you know, the culture promotes this is what a man is. Not, you know what I'm saying? Like, and how do you do that? Men need men. Right. And 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 because I'm 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 I am discovering this. Well, I guess I've discovered it uh, because I realized this. I definitely well, I, I already wanted to be like a help to to other young men. Right. I, I want to help as many men as possible. Not go the way I had to go. Not do and make the decisions that I made. If I can stop a few brothers from taking this hard road and then again. Truth is, you, you're probably going to have a hard road. You, you, you have your own hard road, right, to go down because that may be God's plan. Of, that's just how we develop, right? So, but still, listen. So if I had, it, let, let, let me give you a few things. If I had to give some advice to some young men. I wrote a few things down. A few things. Let me give you some advice, right? Now, take this from, here's what I told my son. My son is 20, my son will be 25 this year, my youngest son, 25. Here's what I told him. I was talking to him one day. I say, son, uh, hindsight really is 2020. Hindsight is 2020. Here's the problem with that. You don't live in hindsight. <laughs> so that means you got to go through stuff, suffer through stuff, and then look back and learn the lesson. But here's what I told him. I say, but son, Here's the advantage of having a father like me. You can use my hindsight to help you live a better life. That brother still living the same life. He, he, he ain't changed. I bought him a book. The same book that changed my wife's life change some things in my life. I gave it to him because I knew me knowing my son, this book going to change your life. Ask him the other day, Hey, where you at on the book? I'm on page 13. Okay. Listen, I'm not going to make you grow, but anyway, I, I digress. Um, uh, here's my advice to young men. Number one, believe in trust and study God's word. Believe in Trust and study God's word. Listen, one of my biggest regrets is not fully applying God's word. Man, listen, God's agenda, on God's agenda, nowhere does it say stop your fun. That's not God's intent. God's intent is to bring forth his purposes. Now, if your fun counter, you know, if your fund runs into his purpose, then, well, yeah, God going to choose his purpose. 
but God's not out here trying to like he, and that's how I see. I was raised to believe God was out here trying to make you have a boring life. Like, hey, 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 that's too much fun. Uh, go sit down somewhere. Go pray. Speak in tongues. Go tarry. You know what I'm saying? Like you having too much fun. You enjoying life too much. Um, but that ain't believe in trust and study God's word. Make God's word the cornerstone of your life, right? Listen, listen, here's what Joshua, God told Joshua. When Joshua took over the children of Israel, here's what God told him. Let this book of this Joshua 1.8, let this book of the law, I'm sorry, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That means you should always be talking about it, right? Be talking about God's word. That's what the law is. Be talking about God's word. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Study it. That means meditate on it. Think about it. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Did y'all hear that last part? Here's what God says. If you talk about my word, you meditate on my word, and then you do what the word says, you, not me, God says, I'm not going to do it. You will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. See, there's a lot of things that we pray for that we shouldn't be praying for, because if we just do, if we just work the formula that God has already laid out, it would be no need for that prayer. It would be a prayer of thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for what you said you was going to do in your word. But we don't know the word, so God can't. If you don't know the word, you can't pray the word. If you can't pray the word, then God's not going to fulfill what he's written for you. That's how you unlock the blessings. So that's the first thing. Uh, here's the second thing for young men. Learn to believe, learn and believe what God says about wealth. Man. You, I don't know if you know how powerful of a statement I just said. Learn and believe what God says about wealth. Wealth is God's idea, right? Go to the scriptures and see what God says about wealth. And I'm going to just leave you with that, right? Uh, trust what God says about wealth. Uh, number three, go to therapy. Do, don't, do not be especially if you're a minority, for whatever reason, we feel like therapy ain't for us. Listen, who, who's mentoring you? Who's teaching you how to be a man? Who's teaching you how to do life on the planet? Because if it's just you, you need a coach. But beyond that, if you were raised on this planet, you need therapy. If you were raised on this planet by human beings, you need therapy. If you're raised on this planet by human beings and you are a human being also, you, you need therapy. If you're raised on this planet and you are a human being and you was raised by a human being and you've been injured by some human beings before the age of 10, you need therapy. And watch this. If you were born on this planet and no one raised you, but you are a human being. You need therapy. Young man, go talk to somebody about the anger that you're dealing with. Go talk to somebody about the depression that you don't want to tell anyone about. Go talk to someone about the fact that you can't sleep at night because you keep having all these bad dreams. Go talk to someone to help you through your insecurities and help you through your emotional immaturity so you can stop hurting the people in your life who are trying to love you. Go get therapy. Okay, number four. Work harder on yourself than you do on your job. I stole that one from Jim Rohn. But he, he was on point when he said it. Work harder on yourself than you do on your job, you get, you got to be committed to personal development. Like that's not, that's not, that is non-optional. 
on this planet for you. I'm telling you. Work harder on yourself than you're doing your job. Here's another one. Become a great communicator. Now, I didn't say become a great speaker. Speaking is only one part of communication. I'm telling you to become a great communicator. That means learn how to speak, learn how to listen, learn how to validate, learn how to have boundaries, learn when to say what, right? Learn how to comfort, learn how to take criticism, learn how not to be defensive. Become a great communicator. That's going to do wonders for you. It's going to help your relationships be better. Mm -hmm. It's going to help you find better jobs. It's going to help you be more creative. Become a great communicator. Number six, if you are single, don't rush to get married. No, don't do that. Don't rush to get married. Establish yourself first before you bring somebody's daughter into your unsettled life. Okay? Let you get established. And I don't care how old you are. If you are single and your life is topsy-turvy, don't you go get a woman to come join you. Get yourself together. Right? Do that first. Number seven, be committed to self-examination and personal development. Right? That's what I, that's what I said earlier. Be, be committed to self-examination and personal development. Like, you got to want to change yourself. You got to want to change yourself, you know. And I have I have two uh, boys. I have two boys and a girl. My daughter's the oldest. But the boys are 25, and I think Cliff's going to be, how old Cliff's going to be this year? Cliff, Cliff may be turning 29 this year. That's crazy. Yeah, because they're four years old. So Cliff's going to be 29, Cliff, and Chris is 25. Um, I said their names again, huh? See, I'm not good at, uh, I probably should have wrote that out. I wouldn't have said their names. Well, y'all know how I do. I shoot uh, what we call in video, shoot to edit. So this is going from uh, the recorder to the podcast. We're not doing no editing, so whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, my boys, um, it's so, how many of y'all have grown children? Raise your hand. It, let me see who, let me see who have. Let me see. One, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, the thing with it's unfortunate when you have to continue to raise grown children. But here's what nobody told told me. Nobody told me this about raising grown children. So now I was raised by parents who didn't know what the blank they were doing. They didn't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. You know. I'm just speaking facts. They didn't know what they were doing. They did the best that they could, right? Now, me, I grew up in the 70s, and I said, you know what? I'm going to be a better parent than my parents was, right? I'm not going to uh, put my adult stuff on my children. They're not my friends, right? I'm I'm keeping, like, them separated from my stuff. I'm not going to do what my parents did. Okay, great. I'm going to spend time with my kids. Okay, great. So the problem is we knew what we wasn't going to do, wasn't going to repeat what our parents did, but that doesn't mean then we know what to do, right? So even though we became better parents than our parents, like I'm, I was a better parent than my parents by far. That's just facts again, but I still messed up my kids, right? Like I still messed up my kids. They may not be messed up as some other folk. As a matter of fact, that's irrelevant because uh, uh, it, <laughs> what you do as a parent there's not a direct correlation to the level of their messed up business. This is not like it's we're human beings. But the point is, I know I messed up some things, right? And they need therapy, whatever. Here's the part nobody told me about. Here's the part that's crazy. Here's the part that I just don't understand. Like, and I'm I'm not kidding. I don't understand. My parents didn't know what they were doing. I got in there. I did a little better, but I messed you up. But now that you're grown and I realize, hey, I messed some stuff up and I messed up too. I go to therapy. I heal my stuff, deal with my childhood, and I realize, oops, if I am this messed up, there's no way I could have not injured those kids. So 
now that I know better, because you keep complaining about, when I say you, I'm talking to my kids. You know, my boys hadn't, you know, they hadn't said, you know, dad, you did this, you know, but I'm just speaking in general, right? Your, your, your life is kind of topsy-turvy because your, your, your dad or your parent or whoever, they didn't, they're not perfect. But they get themselves together and then now try to tell you, hey, let me help you not go down the road that I went. Right. I messed up when I was raising you, but now I'm better and now I can help you. And they slap your hand out the way. You're trying to get them a hand to go to the right road, right direction. And they're like, "Uh, uh-uh, I want to keep going the wrong way. What? You're going to hurt yourself. Listen, the bridge is out. No, no, no. You, you didn't hear what I said. The bridge is out. Turn it around. Do you know these grown kids won't listen? Like, bruh, remember I was saying earlier, I told my son, son, hindsight is twenty twenty. Like, when you get past something and you look back, bro, you understand it so much better. Wisdom is telling you to use your father's hindsight. But you won't do it. That's what I call self-sabotage. That's crazy. Is that... is. That's crazy. But, 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 well, no, I ain't no buts. That's crazy. You know why? Because I can see me being in that situation when I was their age. But I didn't have anybody telling me what I'm trying to tell them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have anybody trying to pull me to the light. I'm just walking around in darkness. Now, I had the light in my pocket, i.e. the Bible. But, uh, you know, I was, I didn't have anybody to say, hey, go to God's word. You already got all the answers. So I spent years believing the negative things that the enemy was telling me about my life until finally Dr. Myron Golden and Dr. Darius Daniels um, did the last part. Let me say it that way. Did the last part of chipping away at my religious slash carnal facade so that God could truly get to my heart created you know it's interesting i always pray it's like a part of my prayer i guess it just became a normal thing created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me right that's what david prayed after the whole situation with bathsheba but i like that prayer in psalms created me a clean heart lord and renew a right spirit within me and um that's what that's what i that's what i need right but these grown kids they just they won't listen So you have to sit back and watch them suffer. And my wife already know how I feel about it. Truth is I'm tired. Like full of tired. I'm I'm tired. And you know why I'm tired? Not because I'm trying to run their life, but because I know the bridge is out and I know you can't swim. I'm telling you, first of all, the bridge is out. You don't have a car because you ain't running your life right. So you're going to cross the bridge. You ain't even got a car. But it's pitch black dark. I'm telling you the bridge is out. And you can't swim. And it's a long way down. The Bible says, if you see the enemy coming, or if you see someone going the wrong way, and you're standing on the fence, and you don't say anything, and destruction comes to that person, I'm paraphrasing, you're going to be in trouble. But then it says, if you're standing at the gate and you see trouble coming and you warn the folk or you warn the person or you warn whatever, and they don't um, listen and destruction happens to them, you off the hook. So this is me getting off the hook. I ain't doing it to get off the hook, but I am off the hook. Why? Because I'm trying to... And I get it. Man, I tell you, I get it. I get the mindset that you have because I've had it all my life. But you won't use my mindset. I mean, my, my, my hindsight. I need, I need my children to use my hindsight. You need your grown children to use your hindsight. But guess what? They too smart. They too smart for their own good. They know everything. How you know everything and your life look like poo. Like, you make $3 an hour. 
I ain't talking about you, but I'm just, well, actually, I am talking about you because you don't have to be living that way. Okay, let me get off of that. Listen, here's the last thing I want to share with y'all. Uh, somebody asked me, you know, why do I, why do I call my um, podcast Mastering Love and Life? Like, am, do I, is it because I'm a master at love and life? No, obviously, I'm a regular human being. Well, but that's, that doesn't mean you can't be a master, though. So let me say that because master doesn't mean master doesn't mean uh, perfect. But what it means is you see that there's an ing on the end of master. Mastering. That's what I'm doing. And you just coming along for the journey. So I am mastering love and life. And then the Whit Clifton Brantley means I get to help you master what i've already mastered and then i keep going i master a little bit more and then you behind me and then we go like that you get it so that's all it means it doesn't mean that i i know everything trust and believe i'm way far from knowing everything i know a little bit but um anyway listen i hope i shared something that was helpful for you or made you laugh or made you feel good or made you forget about those bills you gotta pay on monday you know what i'm saying like go to church tomorrow well, I don't know when you're going to hear this because I don't know actually when I'm going to post this. I can't say go to church tomorrow. For me, when I'm recording this, it's Saturday. Um, so if you hear this and it's Monday or Tuesday, whenever I post it and church is passed, I don't know what to tell you. But hey, y'all, y'all mind if I make my, my wife mad real quick? I just feel like getting under her skin. Is that evil? Is, is that is that called intentional sin? Is that called intentional sin? Because I said I want to get under my wife's skin. I don't know. I'm going to do it anyway. Here we go. Um, peace in the Middle East and a can of hat grease. <laughs> Y'all take care. <laughs>